This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com, and your host joining me to autopsy the Newcastle game, Mr. Chris Budd. Welcome. Hello, mate. How you doing? Creaking. My bones are creaking, having to come back late. It was a late one, wasn't it? A midweek performance from Aston Villa that was was like a blast from the past. It was like a... Uh, yeah, it was deflating, that one. Comfort blanket where you go, oh, this, this, is, this has the warmth of familiarity from <laughs> got the season. Villa back. <laughs> seasons <laughs> gone by. Oh, my God. The only positive I can take from that game was when they played uh, at halftime voodoo people. And uh, there was, was a family that sit next to me. Yeah, they were having it, weren't they? They were dancing to it. That was that was the heartwarming distraction I was needing at that point in time. I missed the light show. How was that? Uh, about as underwhelming as the game, to be honest. Yeah, right. I thought it might be. Um, Less people involved than the first time we did it, I think is probably the way to put it. Law of diminishing returns, Christopher. I think so. Right, let's get this out of the way, shall we? We were hoping that this would be a pivotal game. And it, well, I think it is actually. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's it's like if the, if Villa were a share, would be downgrading its status to a. Uh, it wouldn't be a buy anymore. It'd be a hold, I think, or a sell, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to get much higher than fourth. Uh, if we'll see fourth again uh, after the next game, mm-hmm. so yeah, sell. <laughs> Not financial advice. All right, uh, going into this, same again. Uh, question marks, why didn't Bailey play? Why did Bailey come on so late against Chelsea? Emery addressed that at the end of the game when asked. Uh, Bailey has been uh, suffering from a back problem. Uh, I, know, I know that feeling. Yeah. So he's been used sparingly, but he can do things with his back problem that I can't do. Like what, David? <laughs> well, beat two players in a in a flash of an eye. I mean, he was sizzling when he came on. He was very got good. involved as well. I mean, twenty nine touches in the space of twenty eight minutes. I mean, that was more touches than Diaby had in sixty two minutes. He had nineteen touches. He had twenty four against Chelsea as well uh, across ninety minutes. So Diaby's just not. He's, he's he's kind of powder puff as well when he's on the ball now. If, I, if, I think it's because Villa aren't. We don't play to be strengths. They're so predictable. 
that it's easy just to mark him out. Yep. You know, we're not mixing up. We're not playing direct. We're not getting balls over the top to him. He's not running in, into space. There's not other runners dragging players around so there's space for Diaby to run into and actually utilise his speed. He's just a sitting duck, essentially. I mean, he spent, bless him, however long he was on the field, what, 70 minutes or so? Just... 662. Play, yeah, playing with his back to goal against Dan Byrne, who's sort of twice his height. And you just thought, you know, I'm, I'm no, you know, tactical Yoda, but even I can see if you persist with that plan, <laughs> that ain't going to work, is it? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I mean, to be, you know, Emery's got it pretty bloody right, hasn't he? In the last year, especially at Villa Park, we've been pretty yeah, full. last year. This year is, is yeah, another yeah. matter. But everyone's allowed an off day. And unfortunately, I think Eddie Howe completely wiped the floor in terms of the tactical battle in that game yeah but the problem is this is this the same villa that's been turning up last few weeks yeah it's been coming this result i think and certainly the performance yeah we we were due a beating uh, at villa park for sure i mean we've scraped a few a few overline since the city game it's almost like they left what they had for the season they left it on the pitch in one game because against arsenal as we we said in that post-match game uh, pretty sure that it was Emery's decision to flip it, shooting towards the halt in the first half, mm-hmm. and they got that. They got the goal they wanted, and then they basically was backs to the wall, wasn't it? They were living on a lot of luck in that game they as were. well, and and really they, they did the same at you know Brentford. I th- let's be honest, they rode their luck at Old Trafford even before yeah. we, we were kind of throwing the game away to lose three two. These performances sort of over the Christmas period and then have bled into the new year. I thought we were lucky at Chelsea in the cup. You know, another day you're sort of a couple of goals down at half time. I think that just this you know this game specifically Newcastle got the chances and um and the ball's in the back of the net first half 30 minutes on the clock they flash up the statistics and Villa have, haven't even had any kind of shot and you're thinking this just doesn't look good and it's so predictable and this has been the problem it's because we haven't got that like uh, shithouse predator up front who's like sniffing out goals at all time can score any moment then you've always got a problem because we are we are very methodical on how we approach and how we attack. Yeah, we certainly we have to construct goals, don't we? We're certainly not gonna. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, and you're not gonna necessarily. I mean, I can't remember the last time we did, but you're not gonna see someone smack one in the top corner from thirty yards. I over the park. I can't remember the last time that happened. It's not even that. You know the passages of play now, which is yeah, which is fair enough. But I, I was a little bit disappointed when they made those subs. And he thought, okay. And they were still playing the same plodding, predictable, playing it out. There was a couple of times where they played it over the top to Bailey and, you know, we were at the races. Yeah. But not enough. But with Newcastle, if I was a Newcastle defender, that's an easy night's work. Absolutely. I think I think they had a very easy sort of 70 minutes for sure. I think Villa had maybe a, a 10 minute spell where you thought, you know, obviously Watkins gets the goal, there's there's another one disallowed, and you kind of think, wow, we could have we could make a game of it here. And then they 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 realised pretty quickly they could just go to a back five, sniff that threat out, and um and frankly they could have had the fourth on the break. It was just not a good night. Frankly, actually, it was a it wasn't a very good day for Villa in general on and off the pitch, and I thought as soon as the, the ticket thing was announced in the morning, there was about a thousand spare seats had been released. Terrace View Low Grounds and Resale and whatnot else. Yeah, it's not a good look. And then you sort of get to the ground, you've got you know, a, a tepid light show where even less people have got involved. The atmosphere I thought was rubbish. It yeah. just felt like one of those nights where everything went wrong. <laughs> unfortunately, which, you know, it was going to happen. I think Emery said as much, didn't he, after the game, that, you know, we were going to lose a home game. I actually thought we might lose this one, but months back, I think once we got through City and Arsenal, I thought, right, Newcastle's going to be the next test, that Newcastle Man U doubleheader. Well, the weird the weird thing is, it just, it feels like we're in mid-table. That's the weird thing here. Yeah. 
And that's a lot of it's off the pitch. And you get knobheads online going, oh, this is help us with financial fair play, you know, £63 to be in the upper halt, which is kind of shocking. You know, any crystallised to me. Sorry? I hadn't even actually realised, obviously because I have a season ticket, I don't even sort of pay yeah, same here. to the match day pricing, to be honest. I, I knew it was expensive, but I just thought it was like, you know, 50s or whatever. And then when, it, you know, it hits you, and then in tr- some blocks of the Trinity, it's like 68, and that's not even the most expensive. And you think, whoa, we are so close to that £100, which uh, I'm sure heck will get us over the line eventually. He's still there. And you just think... This will not have a good effect on the atmosphere at Villa Park. And if you don't understand why, then uh, I, I can't really help you there. I mean, it was bad, wasn't it, last time? I mean, the Newcastle fans away from home, they always make a you know a good amount of noise anyway. They do have good away following. But I, I thought it was just a just one of those nights where you walk away from the ground completely deflated at the whole thing. It was just one of those bad, bad nights at the office on and off the pitch. Yeah, so going back to what, what I was saying, it's like, if if you want to, you, your team on the, the field to be successful, especially in a in a tough tough assignment, which is top four, you've got to get everybody on on side. So you can't be taking the piss out of supporters on, on various issues uh, throughout. You've got to kind of bond them all, moving in the same direction, and get them on side. But genuinely, not you know trying to manipulate it. I mean, to be fair, a lot of Villa fans did stick around. For the majority, you know, you've three nil down quite early on, five two. If that, if you go back uh, a couple of seasons, there'd have been half the stadium left. Oh, especially when you know you've got you know train issues, travel issues on the roads. A lot of people who would have just been thinking, especially ones from further afield, would have been going, "Well, that's game over. Bollocks to this. I'm off." You know, they they, they stuck around, but what was happening on the pitch wasn't really. Uh... I mean, there was one moment, obviously, Watkins scores, it's flagged offside, and then it goes to VAR, and you're thinking, actually, if this this is actually given, you're not expecting it to be given, but the game will come alive from a Villa point of view. 3-2, still a few minutes to go, and then you've got a spectacle, and then you're thinking, well, why the hell have we only just woken up, you know, with 20 minutes to go? We kind of did the same on Friday, didn't we, at Chelsea? And Everton was the same. We left it really late and then kind of went for it. It's a strange approach the last few games. Looking at issues, what's gone wrong? I mean, you've got to start where our play starts at the back. I think Moreno hasn't reached the heights of last season, of the back end of last season. And I think half of it is when he's on the... He would play in tandem with somebody in, in the opponent's half when he's attacking. He would normally yeah. have somebody with him, alongside him, whether it was Buendia or Ramsey, playing closer to him. Yeah. And I was watching it and, and he was pretty much on his own and he had two three players in front of him all the time and he, and his crossing isn't good as Luca Dean so a lot of the time out of just desperation he was having to try to cross it in and it you know it wasn't really beating the first man but that was because it was last ditch cross because that was his only option so there's nobody getting out there with him the Villa midfield's very narrow even when it, Ramsey it came on he, he didn't really exert himself out there and to help Moreno so that is a big problem for Moreno he hasn't got uh, any helper out there no I mean I remember we, we sort of spoke a few weeks back when uh, we come through the good period and we thought right when we get Ramsey and Moreno back fully fit and firing on that left hand side we're going to be we're going to be really in business here it's going to give us that extra gear how wrong I was saying that I mean geez because actually I don't mm. think Moreno's still fully fit he's certainly not match sharp I don't think and obviously Ram- Ramsey's way off it at the moment um, you know, his first half of the season has been a write off but yeah. the whole thing's become very predictable and you're right, you know, Moreno would always play lots of little intricate one-twos, lots of nice interplay, get to the byline, and generally he'd be pulling back because he's not going to whip it like um, Dean you can. 
So you have to play slightly he, differently. But he will but also be cutting, cutting in. Yeah. Cutting into the 18 by playing, the, you know, little short one-two. Yeah, he, he felt very dynamic. And we've lost a lot of that dynamism. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, the big thing I you could spot really from the first, you know, the first time we had a goal kick playing out from the back was Newcastle went man to man on our box midfield. So they put a man on each of those four guys. All of a sudden, Martin, as he's looking at it, going, well, well, I can't go short here or I go short to Konza or Longley and then it maybe goes to a fullback. But ultimately, the ball has to go forwards and we've only got one ball on now, which is down the line. So you're either knocking it long into Watkins, which I think Watkins actually put in a good a good shift under the circumstances. We didn't get the second ball. Or you're going long to Diaby, who's up against Dan Byrne. And you think, now oh, yeah. there's a mismatch if ever there was one. Whereas if you push, put it in behind them and go to um, Diaby, you know, back yourself in a foot race, He's far more likely to be in business. I just think the the plan wasn't there, or yeah, you, know, you have to give obviously Eddie Howe and Newcastle credit. They they had a plan, they stuck to it, and I think they did very well both without the ball and then with it because I think we only caught them offside in the first half, maybe once or twice. They were going long out to Gordon, and he was onside two or three times. But I just think it, it didn't work. Yeah, going back to uh, looking across that line, then you've got Longley who's playing it out the back. You know, he's in for Torres, obviously. And he isn't as good as Torres at that side He's of not game. as quick-witted. He's, he's a, a lot more ponderous. I mean, he yeah. can pass, but it's becomes very predictable. When it's yeah. slow, you, you haven't got that zip. You're not playing it into the two deep sitters with any zip. And Torres, he... He does, to a certain extent, kind of suspend time when he's on the ball and he creates time for himself very well. Mm-hmm. Longley is a bit more, it's, he's kind of a bit more functional. I mean, he can play a pass, but it's just that he doesn't create space for himself, slows it right down. And when it's slowed down, then it just does not work because it's predictable. It's easy to mark against and close down potential passing options and, you know, passing lanes. And then we're, then we're struggling yeah, we yeah we get bogged down very quickly, and we have to you know it happened at Brentford. At times it happened at Old Trafford. Although I thought actually Man U were, were pretty shit at the back on the day. It's definitely happened again in games like Everton, Sheffield United. It happened against Newcastle as well, and a few others. It's kind of like we, we've seen this trend where if teams get in and amongst our midfield and stop it, then of, of course we're going to struggle. Yeah, we we saw it against Leicester last season. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. When Leicester sat on those two deep sitters, they they let Martinez, they let Mings have the ball, you know, even Konza, because they knew they had to play it into those two deep sitters, so they pounced on them, and that just disrupted it. And that is the key to, uh, especially when Torres isn't there, it's the key to upsetting this mm-hmm. whole whole method of playing. Yeah, and, and obviously you lose, because you play a box midfield, you don't have width, or with, with Telemans you're offsetting a ball carrier who's dynamic for a guy who can pass and thread the ball through the eye of a needle, which 
I think he did really well in the City game, didn't he? He played very well. That, that midfield worked well. It's kind of, it's blown Tillemans works, yeah, when, when you're playing with a bit of speed yeah, and you're and actually playing and, through the midfield yeah. and then he's the next next person to get the yeah. ball and he can it, make it, things happen. Yeah, in this it, situation, it, it, hold on, let's, let's talk in tandem. In this situation, he's dysfunctional almost. Yes, because it's not his game. He wants, if you give him runners, as you said, if you've got a system around him that's moving, he's like, right, where's the pass? And he'll generally pick the right one. Now, I remember the goal against, um, it was the Arsenal goal, wasn't it? Fabulous goal. Tillman's involved in that. I think he was involved in the Bailey goal against City as well. He's had a few. Yeah. And he was very good in um, Altmar doing the same role. A bit further forward, but he's not a winger. So we, we lacked a bit of width, which Newcastle had a lot of, which meant they always had an out ball. We didn't have the out ball. And as you said earlier, when we did, it was Moreno against two or potentially yeah. three and then the other yeah. out ball of course which we're never going to be able to play is we didn't have the ability to go long or into feet and sort of play off a play off the lone striker Watkins can do that but it's not really how you get the best out of him he's better when it's short and into feet and guys sort of playing off him in much shorter sort of five ten yard passes and sort of interplay rather than like lump it up hope for the best get the second ball it's not that's not what we're good at and Newcastle must have thought wow this is brilliant for us you know we've got three massive lads at the back bar Trippier who have had as you said a really easy night's work and then you sort of knew that well Villa mistakes are going to come at the back they were the one of the few teams this year at Villa Park who've actually you know, made Villa pay for those mistakes but at 2-0 you've got an uphill struggle and you thought well you came out you know, for the second half and you thought well he's, he's surely got to change something here either personnel system or approach and within five minutes you're 3-0 down because really nothing changed you know within I think yeah. about a minute of the second half start and Newcastle had a corner because basically we were fucking about because we hadn't played out of the back with any zip and Newcastle were like we can kill the game here and you thought well if Villa ever got it back to 2-1 in those sort of first, you know, call it five, ten minutes of the second half, I think it would have been game on. You'd have lifted the crowd. Very different game of football, but Villa just subs. never got... And we, and yeah, and we've tended to do this a lot where we haven't started second halves well. That triple substitution should have been at half-time, I think, to shake have, it yeah, up a bit. I'd have made a double change at half-time. I'd, I'd have gone with Bailey for Diaby and I'd have gone with Zaniolo for Tielemans. Yeah. On, in the plus column, Longley did actually make a couple of good blocks. I mean, yeah, goal-saving uh, blocks, uh, yeah. I, would, I would add. Yep. So he kept the score down. And Martinez made a couple of class saves, didn't he, as well? Yeah, he made a Again. big save at the end, which kept it down from 4-1. Yep. But, I mean, their goals, they're awful. They, you know, it's, it's, it's on the circus reel, isn't it? It's the first joke. one is just horrible. I mean, yeah, we all give McPhee credit, you know, when set pieces go well or you get a nice creative routine, you go, yep, that's straight off the training ground. But fundamentals of, like, defending a corner, I mean, I've always had a thing, if someone scores with their feet from a corner, like the first goal was getting gets whipped in, good ball, but it's a volley. You think, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? No Villa fullbacks on the line either. There was n- nothing on the line, and, and that first one would have been avoided if somebody was uh, on, on the near post. Yeah, it's a dreadful goal. I can't remember off the top of my head if this is how we're defending corners. We don't have players on the on the post, so I'll have to... Yeah, we've, I think we've been going man for man, but... Keep an real, eye on real that. mismatch. It's sort of Louise and Konza are like they pass their man, man over to each other, and you think who's got who, and then Konza's too late to react, and you know, Shah volleys it in. It's yeah. a good finish. The second one, a little bit lucky, you know, very close to A being offside, and you get the deflection off Longley, takes it onto the bar. But I say this all the time, but you, you know, you make your own look sometimes, and fuck me, did Villa not make their own look and haven't been in the last few weeks? We've had periods over the last couple of years where we've had runs where the defence has been a real solid unit. Mm-hmm. And was always very capable of getting clean sheets. Now I've got, I, I have beyond Martinez, I've got little confidence in this current setup. 
Yeah, I, th- I mean, we were played against, you know, when we played Arsenal City, you had Conzer at right back, Carlos, obviously Torres and Dean. So it's, it's a very different lineup. But all on paper, these are all still very good players who should be capable. And they've obviously been playing a few games together over the last few weeks. But it feels like we've come back from a you know a much needed in Villa's case a winter break, and we've, we've we're spluttering. We, it's almost like we can't get going. It's almost um, like we're, we've gone back to 2022 and, and forgotten about 2023. It, I mean, it's very similar actually to that period, you know, where we lost to City, Arsenal, Leicester, isn't it? And it's kind of like this little period here will define the season. Now, I don't think Newcastle specifically defines the season, but it has the potential to because it, you could look back in a month's time and say that was a sliding doors where we had to just reset slightly or just change our approach. What you don't want to happen is you've had a little bumpy run over Christmas where you thought, well, if you come through it and beat Newcastle, you think, well done, you know, at worst, you you know, you lost in United, a couple of draws, etc., but not the worst. As, as wobbles go, it's a mini one, isn't it? It's not like, you know, what Spurs lost five, didn't they? Arsenal had a bad run. But now you're putting pressure on yourself. You've got to go to Sheffield United and win that game because I think if you lose that game, and it's not a banker that we will win that game, I think we couldn't beat them at Villa Park. You, bec- you can become very uptight, and you're like, "Oh fucking hell, what's happened here?" And then, of course, you got United, and you do- and I think you do need to beat United just to kind of get everyone going. Right, we need a win, and you need a performance. Newcastle, you'd have taken the win and no perform, and you know, not a good performance, similar to Chelsea. Yeah, the, the thing about this game against Newcastle, though, the writing has been on the wall, so it's it no surprise, and that yeah. is the concern. It's not like a one-off game where it's like oh this could be sliding doors no we got what we deserved we got the last period the last period and if we were going to play any team that actually had a bit of uh, firepower and a bit of anything about them they would take advantage of that Mm -hmm. and if we're not controlling games like against City then you haven't got much chance of a clean sheet I mean there was lots of wayward passing at the start of this game as well so it got a bit nervy and uh, a bit jittery any final words we just need a quick reaction don't we I'm, I'm glad we've got a game, you know, straight afterwards. Sheffield, you got Chelsea, United, quick. So you've got a few games back to back to back to hopefully turn this one round and zoom out. Though I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking confident because I'm looking at Duran's now injured. You, you were there were certain things that needed to align for us to really be a top four contender. One, you needed Duran to come to the party and be that kind of backup player that will get the odd goal here and there off the bench. He's disappeared. And what's the cavalry? What, what's the other options to Watkins? And what's the backup? It's just com- trying to convert Zaniola, who can't hit a barn door, you know, with a banjo. Is it? A- and then obviously, you know, you got the new, you got the new lad coming in from Borough, who we, we, you know, we don't know yet. That's kind of going to be a bit of a, you know, a question mark for a while. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's, you know, expecting him to to bolt out and uh, fire us to glory. So, you know, he's a championship player at the moment. Yeah, and he's going to need to step up. And also, you know, you'd imagine for a, a championship player with the sheer, with everything you hear about what goes on at Bodymore, the sheer volume of information he's going to get thrown at him over the next few weeks, you'd imagine it'll be mind-blowing. Yeah, but is that, information's all well, but it's just at the moment, it's so predictable. And this is now the big test for Emery. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.